0: everyone and welcome to another episode of the fresh brains podcast with you as always i'm scott
1: how is this work? am i supposed to introduce myself (laughs) (laughs)
0: clearly we have a newbie
1: (laughs) (laughs) my first time on the show and uh on behalf of people who don't understand the format i'm doug
0: (laughs) yeah so doug where are you where are you from we haven't heard your voice on this show yet
1: no I am from the Midnight Drive-In podcast, like most of the guest hosts here are. Um, I usually can be found over there giving them shit for guest hosting your podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I I, I kind of like to think of it as you've you've been doing that for five years now with with Brian and and Noah and. I assume you've just kind of run out of other things to harass Noah for, so I just gave you new fodder.
1: There is literally no end to what I can harass Noah for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will not run out of things. So, guy currently lives in a murder house. So,
0: oh, I hadn't heard about that. I knew he moved, but
1: yeah, maybe
0: Once that's 10. why. I, have, if I haven't heard from him in a while, maybe, maybe he's. <laughs> current murder house or
1: well he, he described it as a texas chance Massacre house that he's currently residing in while well, he's between houses so right on um all right well
0: what's uh what's midnight drive-in all about for for those for people, people listeners know, who are, are uh, new
1: it is just three morons talking about movies it's supposed to be all exploitation movies and stuff but we kind of do whatever we want um, there's really no <laughs> specific limit to it. Um, and yeah, basically somebody gets to pick two movies and all three of us watch it. And then we complain about them if they're bad. <laughs> that's, that's usually how it ends up. Um, and oftentimes occasionally it'll be a good movie and we talk about how good it is as well.
0: <laughs> Although the, when there's a good movie, it's, it's very similar to when we used to do last horror cast, like there's really a lot less to talk about in that case.
1: <laughs> there is, I mean, cause you can only compliment a movie so much especially if it's a well-known movie you're like well everybody knows all the good stuff about it so you know when something sucks then there's a lot to say and then you can really get into the specifics of why it sucks
0: yeah or like comedies i find that all i end up doing is just reciting um the jokes to people but <laughs> there's really yeah. not a whole lot of
1: analysis there you know, it's really difficult to discuss comedies and i like i generally don't recommend it I don't, I don't like to read reviews of comedies either. Cause you're like, what how do you, I mean, you just have to watch it and decide if it's funny. Right. Right.
0: Well, and it's so subjective too. I mean, comedies are just the kind of thing I personally don't think you can recommend because it's, it, it's really just about being at the right place at the right time or what your mindset is. But I've had movies that people recommended to me and said that it's the funniest thing they've ever seen in their life. And I was, you know bored to tears but then other things that i had no expectations for became some of my all-time favorites so
1: yeah well i always feel bad too because when you watch comedies if they're low budget they tend to be terrible but those are the ones you don't want a bad mouth because they're like ah it's just some guys trying right they tried like
0: let them try they're probably about as funny as my wife thinks i am so yeah so all right well since uh Brian's unavailable this week yeah we got doug back on um, and doug and I are podcast hosts that go way back we did a show years ago together and thought it'd be fun to to get you back on and as we do every time uh, Brian's not here we kind of turn the tables and instead of me introducing him to a new movie that he's never seen um, I use this as an opportunity for me to finally you know dig into a film that I've somehow missed the boat on so uh we we kind of had to dig around for a while and i think at first we had picked something else that i don't think either of us were 100 percent excited about but that's um,
1: not true i was excited about it oh were you okay i, I couldn't
0: <laughs> tell from text like uh, how into it you really were but uh so but yeah then we got chatting a little bit more and i i knew there had to be that one little you know magic movie that was going to make you have an aneurysm when you heard I hadn't seen it (laughs) and uh, lo and behold we found it so (laughs) so um, what are we watching tonight Doug
1: we were watching zombie or possibly zombie 2 depends who you ask Um, but the Lucio Fulci kind of a sequel to the Romero films but not really and you know it's just a a classic zombie film that you should have seen and my understanding is you have seen some of the more classic scenes from it. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I I've, I knew about it. I think from old podcasts, years and years and years ago, I I heard about it, and it was kind of before I had ever really seen any Italian horror, um, to be honest. And once um once I kind of knew, you know, the infinite infamous, infamous scenes, I <clears throat> I at least searched those out because yeah, the other thing is is this movie's fairly difficult to, to find um, now if you have shutter it's available there but for a long time I could not track down a copy of the DVD or um, find it streaming anywhere so the the highlight reel was kind of the best I could do yeah and you know I I knew the scenes that you kind of had to see and um, watched those and
1: so I always just so I don't spoil anything what scenes are you aware of
0: uh i've seen the the eye splinter uh the the girl basically gets her head pushed into the yeah wooden frame and
1: uh the zombie shark fight scene okay all right see those are the two most iconic and it's um it'll be interesting to see your reaction to this film because i think what happens with a lot of people especially because this film is from a different era is people really remember the uh those big moments and they don't realize how good the movie is. So, well,
0: it, and what it does to me too is, ever since I saw those two clips, you know, ten some years ago, I've always tried to fill in the blanks of how do you get a zombie <laughs> movie and a shark fight? Like, I, 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 there's somehow that these are connected, but I've never been able to fill it in. See,
1: see the thing is that what you do is you film in Italy, and there you go. It's, <laughs> That's it. You just hire you know, some crazy Italian motherfuckers, and they, shit like that happens. And like famously, that's just a that's just a stunt guy that they just threw in a tank with a shark. <laughs> it's like, you know, and it's like, yeah, that, that just wouldn't have happened if this movie had been made somewhere else. I mean, but what are you gonna do? That's right. that's how it works. Um, yeah, that
0: that is kind of true of a lot of Italian, at least the ones that I've seen. There's they're either super stylistic, and you know the Argento colors and lights and, and all of that yeah. or they're just balls to the wall insane
1: <laughs> well that that is the one thing that's always interesting about italian cinema is like there isn't italian cinema like argento is his own thing and fulci is his own thing and you know someone like bava is sort of between the two but to suggest that if you could watch to you can refer to anything as just being italian is tough
0: right yeah agreed um which which is fair, and, I, and actually I like that because I don't want things to be too pigeonholed. You know, it's there's yeah. there are things that I like about you know every, um, I, I guess foreign category or nationality of films yeah. that I've seen, but I like that not everything is the same, and when it is, it runs its course really quickly. Like Japanese horror was something that you know around two thousand seven, two thousand eight, we were all going crazy for, and it ran its course really quickly when you have seen your tenth, you know, stringy-haired black ghost girl.
1: Yeah, they do all become very similar. I mean, obviously, the direct comparison to that would be Korean horror, which had a, a run that lasted a little longer because they were so different, you know. Right.
0: Yeah. So uh, history and trivia for this movie. I know that there are connections between this and the you know Romero series. So. Are, do you understand it well enough to kind of explain a little bit to, to me and the listeners, like, how this is pseudo sequel and then again, not really?
1: Oh, I, I don't think there's anything to explain. I think Italian marketers like to claim that a movie is related to other movies so that they can play off the title. Um, <laughs> so, since Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie in Italy during its release there, they simply called this Zombie 2. But well, <laughs> that's it. That's the connection. <laughs> And I mean, the, the zombies are—you know—you'll see they are basically Romero zombies, but so are zombies in every movie that came out from 1970 to 19—like well, not 19 until about 2001. All the zombies were yeah, basically we went, the same. So, 28 days later or something. Yeah, it's 28 days later. They're not zombies. Don't get me started. But, <laughs> um, yeah so I, I mean I mean there really isn't a connection this is its own story um, it's a well done zombie movie I don't think there's too much like plot wise there's not a whole lot that's terribly original it's just better done than most mm-hmm. and like I said the first time I saw it which was back in like the 90s back when you had to like watch a movie once and then not see it again for 10 years it was um i I very much just remembered the iconic scenes so it was only later that I developed a real appreciation for it because I could sit and watch it a few times and realize there's so much more to it.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, how do you feel about uh, Fulci in general? Are you a fan of most of his stuff?
1: Um, Yeah. When I'm in the mood for it, which means like when I want something sleazy and I want to see an eyeball get stabbed because he sort of got pigeonholed into stabbing people in the eyeball that became his, like his thing that he had to do in every movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's in the beyond. I think there are three eyeball stabbing scenes. <laughs> um, because it's just the way it's just what he became famous for and I don't think there was any more <laughs> no more stuntmen were jumping in tanks with sharks so he had to go back to that other well um, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> the other thing you knew how to do well
1: yeah so it's yeah I I, I find Italian horror to be hit or miss um, it's always sleazy and gross when you get into this particular type of Italian horror rather than the Argento type um but it really depends on the mood you're in more than the quality of the film. Whether you're for that or not. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I um, I honestly don't know a ton of his stuff. Um, all the well, I've seen The Beyond, and then all of the like, what are the City of the Living Dead or City of the Dead or yeah, that, that whole there's two or three of those. Oh, House by the Cemetery. I know I've seen.
1: Um you didn't see like zombie three because he was involved in that? <laughs> uh, which, no, so it's the sequel to this, which again has very little connection um, <laughs> and it's it's not of the same quality. Let's put it that way Right on.
0: All right, well, are there any uh, like important things or anything major that I need to know before going into this you know, spoiler free, but uh
1: No, I think just um, it's a zombie movie. And if you like those, it's a good one. And I would say that that, go into it with that expectation. Don't go into it with the expectation of something crazy and different. It's not. It's a zombie movie. And you just have to know whether you like those or not.
0: Yeah, and I was never 100% sure whether this was... Well regarded because it's notorious, or well regarded because it's actually good. There's a lot of times, you know, those movies kind of fall into that latter category where everybody talks about it and everybody loves it, but it's not actually great.
1: (laughs) Well, this is both. Okay, (laughs) say that in in a in a way that only a Fulci film can be. It's kind of both. It's you know, it's great, but it's also. Notorious for just being overly gory and a little bit unnecessary nudity and stuff like that. So it's so, so it's the seventies. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's nineteen seventy nine, but it's still the seventies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, well, I can't wait. So, uh, right. yeah, we'll put a pause here. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with our fresh thoughts on zombie. Let's all go to the lobby.
1: To get
0: ourselves a treat. Well, I gotta say that um, I wasn't really sure how that would go Because I knew With you watching a zombie movie And having a hockey game on I wasn't sure whether your love of gore Or your love of hockey was going to win over But <laughs> it seems like the zombies won
1: Well, I the, don't worry I paid attention The game did end at one point, though <laughs> <laughs> so first time watch of zombie what's your immediate reaction
0: um it was great i loved it um i think you know it's it it satisfied on i think the two things that i like you know or two of the things that i like the most about horror which are gore and you know 70s griminess and it did both very well (laughs)
1: Yeah, it takes a little while to get started, but I think it um, once it gets going, it is balls to the wall gore, and I love it. Yeah, the,
0: the the gore scenes are are good, and it's it's that. I, I assume any you know horror fans who are listening to the show know what I'm talking about, but you that 70s gore where you've got that like bright red, like paint consistency blood, um. But also, I mean, you even made a comment in the movie and you're absolutely right. Is the like the the gore where the, the flesh is just like, I don't know, some sort of like rubber that just like rips off and like peels away. Um, yeah. It's so satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: just it's great to watch and it it's done really well in this particular movie as well. I think the prosthetics and the zombies all work well, too. The willingness to just put people through hell to just have like human beings buried under dirt and have to crawl out and be covered in worms and shit
0: yeah i think the prosthetics both worked and actually my my one criticism also was related to prosthetics but um in a lot of scenes they were great and it, it reminded me of some of the like savini effects from the original friday the 13th um, the, the scene where and I don't know the Matthew McConaughey lookalike his girlfriend toward the end, you know, she gets bit in the neck and she's still standing there screaming. You know, you could tell it's really her face. It's not a prosthetic, but the, the way the blood is coming out of her neck, it looks like there's a giant hole in her neck and how they did. That was very, very impressive. Um, and several other scenes like that, where you could tell, you know, the ice splinter scene, like they do a good job going back and forth between the, you know the real girl and the prosthetics and it just works incredibly well um but there were other scenes where the the zombies themselves i just felt like the makeup was okay um you you could almost tell like it was clearly just like a latex mask over top of you know regular skin which of course it is but you could see through the the mask it's like you could see the layer of the actual person under it which was a little distracting at times
1: yeah, definitely when a lot of zombies were on screen at once, they didn't have the... I'm assuming it's a time and a budget restraint to get them all done up the same. So it's right. just the main ones all look great, and then the other ones kind of look okay. Right. One thing I did really appreciate was that the uh, like the ones that just die like within the film and come back are all just kind of pale and stuff, but they still look human and then the ones that have been dead for a longer period of time look a lot more decomposed. I really like the way they did that.
0: Oh, the ones that come out of the ground and have like the worms crawling around in an eye socket is yeah. just it's wonderful.
1: <laughs> Which actor would you rather be? The guy that gets to jump in the tank with the shark, or the guy that gets to lay there and have worms placed all over his face and then has to act <laughs> with them on there? Yeah,
0: so the the special effects are are fantastic um and, and you're right too about you know there's going to be some zombies that stand out and some that are just kind of background and and that's the case you know in pretty much every you know movie whether that's you know yeah. the romero films or even return of the living dead like you've you've got the big ones you know that you're and that that stand out but then there's plenty of just background yeah. dead people um which is fine Um, and I wasn't sure also with this movie, whether it was going to be like single zombie or multi zombie kind of thing. And I I could have seen it going either way. And I think that both could have been effective. Um, I, it's a weird thing to say, but I almost prefer like the ensemble zombie type movie where it's not the mass mass horde, but just you know, a small enclave of zombies like seems to work pretty well. Um, one super zombie, I think, is a little bit too unrealistic. I like the idea of them being vulnerable and um, killable. But, you know, because it, it, it is the, the numbers that makes it dangerous. But I think this struck a good balance.
1: Well, what I like about this one is that they kind of do both, right? Like at the beginning, we have like one zombie and he's able to kill a guy because the guy has no idea that zombies exist and he's completely caught off guard. But as soon as he goes up against a second guy, he's taken out. Um, and the, for the first while, we keep seeing one zombie at a time. But then we realize that we realize that there's going to be more, and as the numbers kind of grow, until that final big siege scene where it's just all over the place. And then, of course, the implication that they've taken over the rest of the world as well now.
0: Yeah, and that was a, a good way to do that um, because, you know, they chose to set this movie almost entirely on a Caribbean island, um, which they never indicated how large the island is. Um, at one point, they say they drove eight miles, but, um, you know, it was it implied that it's a pretty small island. They had the one hospital, which was, you know, a pretty, pretty much a ramshackle hut. And so the the idea is that there's not a ton of people there, but in theory, in the back of your head, you're thinking, well, if it's kind of contained to this one island. They talked about it being voodoo related. Um, you know, at one point it's, oh, it's Spanish conquistadors who are coming back from the dead, but all of those kind of imply like it's isolated. Um, and obviously at the very beginning, we had the scene of the one on the boat making it to New York, the one underwater, but like you kind of think like, oh, it's not really widespread. But then at the end, you learn, oh, it is taking over the whole world. Yeah. But they they got away with not having to have the budget to show you that.
1: (laughs) Well, I think the implication is because we know that the zombie on the boat ate, ate that one guy's neck and we see him in the morgue and we see them poking around at that hole in his neck. And we also know that the, the the actual the big fat zombie from the very first scene is shot and falls overboard into the water, but he's not shot in the head. And I think that one of the purposes of putting in the zombie versus shark scene is to show that these zombies can walk around on the bottom of the water. Mm-hmm. So if you shoot this guy in the chest and he falls in the water, he's eventually going to wander up onto shore. Right. And now you've got a zombie in New York City spreading thing around, plus presumably the guy in the morgue wakes up and bites those two morgue attendants. So I think what they don't tell us at the beginning of the movie is that we're witnessing the beginning of the outbreak in North America through New York City. Right, But when we cut back at the end, it's like, oh, we've been concentrating on these few characters on this one little island But we forgot the movie opened with the zombie outbreak reaching a major city. And when we finally see that final shot of like hundreds of zombies wandering across that bridge, you're just like, oh, right. There's no way to stop this now. They're just going to take over at least North America. And then we'll see how if it spreads past that. But I think it's really clever filmmaking where they kind of trick you into thinking we're dealing with a small thing. But they told us at the beginning of the movie, basically, the zombies had made it to New York. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I, I, it was an effective way to do it, too, because I think if we had been watching this movie from, you know, the New York outbreak, it might not have been as believable. Um, obviously, we've seen plenty of movies, you know, the the Dawn of the Dead's and that where the outbreak happens and it, it is hard to contain. but you also think a city like New York, there's, there's enough guns, there's enough people that they they could potentially hold it off and mm-hmm. they're going to have to make some decisions filmmaking wise that are going to cause, you know, I, I don't know, could potentially make you go, eh, I don't know if this would really happen, but by just choosing to not tell you that except over radio at the very end, it, it, it was an effective little gut punch. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was not expecting that, but I really liked it.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm just a fan of bleak endings as well. And so the fact that, like, you know, we get our main characters, we see that they're screwed, basically. They're on a, the two that don't know how to fix a boat are on a broken boat with a zombie underneath. <laughs> and then we're like, okay. I guess all the characters died and they're like, oh, and the rest of the world too. Don't forget about the rest of the world dying too. I'm like, all right, good.
0: Well, and not only do they know how to fix boats, but they don't know how to identify an island. Then they, they think every island is the island that they're trying to get to.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the, they're screwed. And, and you know, like it's kind of like that dark seventies ending of like, oh, you're screwed. And then it's like, oh, and also <laughs> the whole world's screwed. Right. And it's like, uh, Something something that makes me happy about the whole world dying due to a zombie apocalypse. So yeah, I really no, enjoy it. It makes me
0: happy to know that it's not just American filmmakers who have that outlook. Yeah. Italians do too.
1: Well, I mean the, I mean really, it's all these movies led into the post-apocalyptic film craze of the 80s. It's almost like they're like, well, we've seen the world die at the end of every movie. So I wonder what would happen a hundred years after that. And then there's just tons <laughs> of those movies that got made
0: um so you you had mentioned earlier like zombie three but that's not an actual sequel to this
1: no it's another zombie movie basically and then so is zombie four and I haven't seen zombie five <laughs> <laughs> come on doug get to it it's yeah they get pretty ridiculous but
0: yeah and i I like that this also did a thing similar to um the original Night of the living Dead where it doesn't ever really explain what's happening like where they're coming from yeah. or why there's you know the, the, the one doctor who's on the island and he's making it his life mission um spoiler alert he fails um to <laughs> investigate and figure out what the cause of this is but you know he he implies that there's people on the island who believe it's voodoo uh we see that it's you know the spanish kind of that are coming up so i don't know if that's the poltergeist type thing like hey these people were making out on a graveyard like whoops um but they don't specifically say and you know he talks about wanting to do viral virology and all these other studies to figure out what's going on but nobody knows and and that's cool i like that kind of ambiguousness
1: well i i like that they also like whenever they present a theory they sort of shoot it down right like they say he they go through the different science sciencey explanations and basically say none of those work. But even like the voodoo explanation, they give you the quick like line of dialogue. Like voodoo is like this weird thing that's completely made up where it's like half Catholicism and half tribal rights from Africa because these two cultures mixed here due to, you know, some of the people being forced to move there due to slavery. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, so that kind of offsets the whole voodoo, argument, right? Even though that's the most common thing presented in the movie as the possible explanation, you're like, it can't be real because we can trace it back to where they made it up, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's a, I like that. I I agree with you. I I don't want a detailed explanation as to where the zombies came from. I just want it to be zombies. And uh, I think they do a really good job in this film of making sure that you couldn't possibly claim to know.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and they even make it even more ambiguous when for a long time I wasn't 100% sure if, you know, victims who got bitten were going to come back as zombies or not. But then we learned like, okay, they do. And when we see the um, hospital slash morgue, whatever you want to call it on the island, the doctor is clearly taking care of all of the corpses because if they die, they're going to come back.
1: Yeah, so it's, not just, really, it's not really clear, though, like because the Conquistadors that have been buried for hundreds of years come back. So we're not really sure. Like, the zombie bite kills you, but then does everybody come back? Right, in tra- exactly. In traditional yeah. Romero form? They don't really explain it, but again, I, they don't need to. It's better right. almost if they don't.
0: Yeah, they don't necessarily come back because they were bitten, or maybe they do. But it's it, at first, it's almost like there's just a curse on this island that everybody who's dead is going to come back, yeah.
1: Uh,
0: or every I should say, everybody who dies there is going to come back. But then you've got the people who have been dead for four hundred some years who are spontaneously coming back too. Like it's it's just very odd um, the way they yeah. roll with it, but I like it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, should we? I mean, I assume talk about the the two iconic scenes of the
1: film. I mean, obviously we should. I don't know if you can discuss this film without discussing those scenes, right? Um, which one do you want to do first?
0: <laughs> I mean, in order that they happened, uh, you know, shark versus zombie scene is, is kind of the, the initial kickoff. And I was I'm still, you know, like I said at the beginning, like, was kind of trying to figure out, like, how they could possibly have a zombie movie that involves a shark, but um, did so in a completely logical way. I I was always half expecting it's like, oh, this is a shoo-in scene that, you know, is just completely thrown in there. It doesn't make sense, but nope, it makes perfect sense.
1: like, it even progresses the plot, which is the thing. Like, it's it's our, ma- our main group of characters. That's their first interaction with the zombie. That's how they find out they exist, you know? Um, and it, it also, like I say, it drops hints about the fact that there could be something going on back in New York, which is, we're never explicitly told that that one zombie made it to shore, but it's kind of implied in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then plus, uh, if you remember the part where the zombie fights the shark. So even if it was forced in, I wouldn't care. It's right. well worth it. I mean, he takes
0: a bite out of a live shark. <laughs>
1: like... He's just, he's biting the shark. And that's just a guy in a tank you now with a tranquilized shark. But still, just biting at a fucking shark. Yeah. Don't do that. That's not good advice. No,
0: that's not advised at all. <laughs>
1: jams his prosthetic arm into the shark's mouth and lets the shark bite it off. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if you should do that either.
0: No. (laughs) Well, and and they do a really good job of filming it because the, you know, the zombie that's down there, you never see a tank. You never see a regulator in his mouth. So either I, I would assume he's just taking breaths of air off camera and then they film these scenes, but they're pretty long Scenes, and yeah I don't know if you're like me, but I mean, holding your breath underwater is not easy. And the more uh, you know strenuous of an activity you're attempting, the less time you have. So this is very, very impressive that this person could do this,
1: yeah, they do an excellent job because there's no way he could have the like the way the makeup is and stuff. there's no way he could have a tank on underneath that outfit or anything. No. So somebody must have been passing him one of those like, I don't know what they're called. You might know the word for it. Um, those like little individual tanks with the mouthpiece that you can stick in.
0: Yeah, a little pony bottle.
1: Sure. Um, I assume somebody was throwing him one of those or something. I don't know. You but... could
0: have a diver just off camera too that has. Uh, I mean, these weren't as common in the 70s, but you're. Regulator has a second, you know, kind of alternate air right. source yeah,
1: that you I've could seen those, yeah.
0: just hand that off for a breath here and there, but yeah, but still. <laughs> like... And then yeah, you have to be brave enough to take a bite out of a shark. And... He bites a
1: shark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, you know, if you haven't seen this scene, we're not talking like a little, you know, three no. foot nurse shark or something it's... like this is this is bigger it, than him. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's an eight to ten foot, I think it's a tiger shark. Yeah. It's just like, what the hell then? Like you and you can see sometimes that he kinda knows what he's doing, where he like like the scene where he puts his like the arm in and the, the, the shark bites it off, and you can tell it's a prosthetic and stuff. And you can see that he kind of climbs onto the back of the shark so that he can safely kind of swing something around without the shark surprising him and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean still what percentage of people are willing to do that. Right. It's it's safer but that's not saying much.
0: No, yeah, no, it's not not well advised and yeah, it's and not to mention the fact that then there's also the girl who's just swimming there, you know, watching the whole thing. Yeah. Which she takes off eventually, but
1: that whole scene is so well done too, like leading up to it. It's so much more important to talk about like I think a lot of people have probably seen the clip of the shark and the zombie fighting. People have that ingrained in their head, but the whole lead up to it is great with like the girl, like taking her clothes off. And it's, you're thinking about that because it is this girl wearing next to nothing and putting on a scuba tank and everything. It's drawing all your attention. You're not thinking about sharks and zombies at all until she's down there and she's taking her pictures. And you're like, Oh, this is kind of a fun moment in the middle of this movie. And then you're like, Oh shark. Okay. And then you're like, Oh, zombie and, tr- and it just it progresses so quickly and you're just like it's so well done
0: yeah the zombie puts its hand on her shoulder
1: like it's, yeah
0: if it were above um above water it would be like a jump scare you know stinker yeah. but
1: but it's yeah like when like when she goes and hides and then that zombie kind of sneaks up behind her and you're just like that is and it's utterly terrifying when you think about it you're like imagine being underwater and still getting attacked by a zombie right It's just just not a good day. Well, she did the smart
0: thing, you know, through, you know, scuba lessons. I've learned, you know, if you do see a shark, you're supposed to go under them and basically just sit still and wait and they'll swim away. So the fact that she did the correct thing and didn't stay on the surface flailing around is what allowed us to then see the zombie. Like, had she done the typical stupid movie thing? Yeah, Yeah. she would have flayed on the surface. The shark would have gotten her and we never would have seen anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because if you if you have a little bit of knowledge of sharks, then you understand that this type of shark is a top feeder and eats stuff that's like up above it. And so that she did do the smart thing by going to the bottom, you know, Um, but it's it's. I don't. I don't even know how to say. It. Like, it's done in a way where you're like, you believe she's doing the right thing in the movie, even if you don't have time to like research what the smart thing to do in the circumstances is. Mm-hmm. It seems like she's being safe, and then to have her get attacked again, it's like, how vulnerable can you be? You're Correct. naked, you're naked. underwater, and you can't swim up because there's a shark up there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just. Well, and the the choreography of how you know i'll I'll, for lack of a better word i'll just say how beautiful the swimming of it all was it reminded me a lot of like a creature from the black lagoon scene yes um with you know the the creature swimming and and the the girl like above it him like it's very reminiscent of that like it was almost artistic the way they choreographed it
1: and like I, i think the the juxtaposition of that like That artistic shot, like you're saying, the beautiful underwater shooting, and you're just kind of like, you're mesmerized in it for a minute, and then all of a sudden you're in this horrible situation. So it's kind of like a real shock to the system, and the film does that really well. Right.
0: Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, And then something that, I mean, is beautiful in a completely different way is watching a gigantic piece of wood go through an eyeball
1: see what i love about that scene is (laughs) i like because you're like you know like i can i can
0: let me just say i can hear you smiling right
1: now (laughs) it's the way like when the the zombie hand reaches in and grabs her and it shows you her face and she's terrified and then it cuts back and shows you the big piece of wood and then goes back to her face and you're like so you're like all excited for her face to get smushed into that piece of wood when it and you just get to follow it, and it goes just slow enough that you you have anticipation buildup, and you're just, it's so great to watch. And, I mean, like, I think we've already referenced the fact that the effects are so good in this scene. I mean, yeah, if you're watching it in high definition, you can clearly see where there's a prosthetic and where there isn't, but they, even in the 70s, they weren't really going to jam a piece of wood into a person's eyeball, so they have to do it somehow. And I think they do a great job of it, yeah. and they do when it cuts away and then the actress has the prosthetic on her face to show the broken off piece of wood hanging out of her eye, that looks amazing. And so like it really sells it.
0: Yeah. And the scene is, is good. And I think the only thing that spoiled it for me by having seen that scene already is that I could very much imagine watching this for the first time thinking they're not going to go there. They're they're not going to go there. Because it's a long, drawn-out scene. And yeah, they yeah. show the wood. They show her eye. They show a close-up on the eye. It keeps getting closer and closer and closer. But then you keep thinking, like, at one of these moments, they're they're going to pull away. And they're just going to imply. But, you know, obviously I knew that's not yeah. where it goes. But the fact that he just, like, keeps going with it. Keeps going. And then, yeah, the puncture. And then the puncture plus pulling more. Plus then breaking off like it's just yeah. one punch after another
1: and it's like I remember the first time I saw this because I was assuming like you're saying I, I was distinctly assuming that you know we're going to have her head go flying into something and then we're going to cut back and see her face with something stabbed in the eye like a, I, I didn't anticipate seeing the actual puncture and the actual like insertion into the eye socket the way we do it's great <clears throat> We should point out, too, that both of these iconic scenes, the two most iconic scenes, start with completely unnecessary nudity, lead to a creepy situation, and with great iconic scene. Because she's in the shower, surrounded by mirrors for some reason, right before she gets her eyes stepped. And she gets out of the shower, and then... We have like the great lead up where she hears something in the hallway and that zombie hand is trying to get th- in through the door and she's slamming it and it's it's stuck in the doorway for what seems like a couple of minutes. And it's a really well done tense scene leading up to then the zombie breaking through the door and killing her.
0: Well, and it starts even like with the zombie is outside, like he's yeah peeping on her showering, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, you
0: know, the moral of this story is that zombies like naked chicks.
1: Yeah. Yes. We established while we were watching the movie that we might be zombies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that plays out, but yeah, yeah like mean... it, it's, it's interesting that both of the two iconic scenes, the lead up to them is so similar. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that, I think that plays into why the scenes work so well is because the lead up is done really well as well.
0: Well, and there could be some psychology to that. I mean, you mentioned it with the shark scene and how that kind of throws you off because you're you're watching the scene for a different reason, but there the psychology of it could just be that, hey, we're here to grab your attention, you know, and a a filmmaker is going to know that that's going to work. Like you're watching this movie, you see you know, boobs. Okay. We got your attention now. Now keep watching because we're going to show you something cool. Like it's, it's, it's manipulative, but it's, it's smart. Um, So yeah, I don't necessarily, I don't don't want to give Fulci credit because maybe he didn't intend for that. But if he did, that's very, very clever.
1: I, 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 it feels intentional to me in the movie. And I think like doing it twice is kind of the perfect amount of times. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, if you did it, another time it wouldn't work like if they showed us another naked chick in this movie as soon as she was naked we'd be like i wonder where the zombie is right, but right. it's it, it works just well enough because the scenes are spaced out and because um yeah because because the, they they're so different scenes as well right like one's out on a boat scuba diving one's a woman at home in her shower you know they're they're very different circumstances so you're not thinking of them in the same way
0: but also, both of these women are also naked and wet.
1: Solid point. Yeah. Really solid point. But the girl scuba diving wears uh, one of those skullcap things. The girl in the shower doesn't, so zombies will only kill you if your hair gets wet. That's true, That's, too. that's the messaging of the film.
0: Yeah. The the, the pink shower cap threw him
1: off. Mm.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like we're learning a lot tonight.
1: Yeah. What about when the people get to the house and there's just the group of zombies just casually sitting in a semicircle eating the girl who got stabbed in the eye?
0: Oh, it's great. They could not. I mean, the gore is fantastic. But yeah, those zombies could not care less that those people they're,
1: just came in. <laughs> they're just there for the food, man. They're just so relaxed. They're having a good time. Oh, I I do apologize if I distracted you from the movie with my applauding during that scene. <laughs>
0: yeah it's it's so good it's
1: yeah and they they do a really uh, I, I, a really cool thing in this movie too where whenever a zombie bites a person then they'll show you the zombie's face while there's still flesh hanging out of that poor stunt man's mouth yeah <laughs> whatever whatever like dead stuff that they bought at, at a grocery store earlier that day and made him shove into his mouth raw is still hanging there
0: yeah i've always wondered in movies like this like did they flavor that in any way like what's that taste like is it is it i don't know It's
1: in any way enjoyable. (laughs) Like, I think nowadays they have stuff that is probably just fine. But I think in this movie as well as like in the original Night of the Living Dead, you get just poor bastards shoving raw flesh into their mouths. I don't know. If you're really curious, go get a pork chop out of the fridge and bite into it. Let me know what it tastes (laughs) like.
0: (sighs) Oh, yeah, I... I don't know what else to say. It's, it's, it's a great movie. Um, you, it, we can't have spoiled it. So, I mean, if, if you're listening this far and you haven't seen it, it's, it doesn't matter. Go watch it anyway. Um, yeah. I, I knew the iconic scenes. I had seen them and this, it's still great. And, and I was very happy to see that this movie was not just those scenes and then an hour and 15 minutes of filler around him. Like it, oh. it, it was good as well.
1: Well, so much of the atmosphere really works, and we don't really discuss it in this movie because there are so many great gore scenes and stuff. But those shots in the hospital, where all the sick people are laying there, and then we see the people who are about to die are being tied to their beds because everyone knows they're going to wake up again. And it's like that stuff is just—it's neat to watch, and it's really well shot, and it looks really cool. And you're just like, it's very dark, and that's what, well, like it, it really draws you into that feeling of dread that the film is trying to instill on you.
0: Well, and there's the girl there that also that's laying there um, and she's, you know, kind of mumbling, chanting, but, you know, clearly has recently vomited. Like there's, you know, just yeah. shit all over her face and on the pillow next to her. But yeah, she's tied to the bed. It's just, it's, it's unnerving.
1: Yeah. It's. And even when they like, when they go out to the beach and we talked about it. It's not really explained, but all the boats that are left are not usable. So, you know, they're stuck there. We've already established that the uh, the radio d- isn't working, you know. So you're right. just like, it just keeps getting worse and worse where you're just like, oh, look, look at all these sick people who are about to turn into zombies. And then that poor doctor that has to like, he's treating them, trying to save their lives, failing every time because they're all dying. And then he has to shoot them in the head after they're already dead because they keep waking up. Yeah. And You can just see the emotional toll it's taking on them. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I would say, um, big recommend from me. I assume big recommend from you as well.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think most of the people listening have probably seen this, but if you haven't seen it in a while, or if your memory of it is just the big moments, I'd say go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. It's a slow burn. It is a seventies movie. Um, But it really, really works well, especially in the second half.
0: All right, Doug. Well, um, you want to give one last plug to where people can find you if uh, they just could not get enough of your sexy, sexy Canadian
1: voice? That's very unlikely. However, if they want to hear more of me, they can listen to the Midnight Drive-In podcast, which should be easy to find on Facebook or wherever you get podcasts or on Instagram. I think we have a Twitter account. I don't know. We might not. We used to. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a backlog of hundreds of episodes now that you can listen to of that. Um, And if you make it through all of those, I think you can still drill back through our feed and find old episodes of The Last Horrorcast so that you can hear Scott and I yelling at each other about movies.
0: Yeah, it's, Uh, it's it's the same feed, so, you know, once you're, you guys have been going now five years and yeah, the two years before that was, was you and I, so go, yeah.
1: go.
0: It, it's really funny when you um, go to iTunes and see the reviews because a couple of those are, you know, for one show versus the other.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. And yeah, if you're um, interested also in finding more about our show, we're also on Instagram and Facebook, both fresh brains podcast, Um, You can email us freshbrainspodcast at gmail.com. You know, the normal stuff, iTunes and all of that as well.
1: Um, Oh, actually, can I put in a request? Yeah. If you're you're listening to this and you're a regular listener to the Midnight Drive-In, could you email the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com and tell everyone how much better I was at guest hosting this show than my (laughs) other co hosts That'd be great. (laughs) Because Brian has to read the feedback under in our show, and I would love it if he had to read stuff where people were telling him how much better I am than him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um. All right. Well, it's been fun. Um. This was a good movie to watch. I'm glad I got to finally see it. So. Um. Don't know when uh, Doug will be back, but I'm I'm sure we'll make this a regular thing. But uh, in, until you're back on the show, uh, I'm Scott. And I'm Doug. And just remember, uh, zombies like boobs.